0: Hello, this is Representative Pam Powers Hanley. Welcome to my podcast, A View from the Left Side. For many years in the Arizona House, my seat was on the far left side of the chamber. As a progressive Democrat and one of the most independent representatives in the House, I always believed that that was a fitting seat for me. This podcast features in-depth interviews with newsmakers from all walks of life, as well as political and social commentary. Thanks for joining me on The Left Side today. This podcast is a collection of speeches from the January 6, 2022, Vigil for Democracy in Tucson, Arizona. The event was a solemn commemoration of the January 6, 2021 insurrectionist attack at the U.S. Capitol. Several current and former Arizona legislators and two Arizona congressmen were highly involved in the Stop the Steal movement to disrupt the certification of the 2020 elections. Arizona is ground zero for voter suppression. Many of the elected officials who were involved in Stop the Steal and in the failed audit of Maricopa County ballots are still in office. Watch out for more voter suppression bills in the coming session of the Arizona legislature. On January 6, 2022, President Joe Biden said our democracy is still in peril. He's right. In Arizona, we must be particularly vigilant. The speakers for this event were, in order of appearance, Janice Porter, moderator, Tucson Mayor Rahina Romero, Congressman Raul Grijalva, Billy Kovacs for Congresswoman Ann Kirkpatrick, Representative Pamela Powers Hanley, Arizona House, Representative Andres Cano, Arizona House, Steve Valencia, Jobs with Justice, Sylvia Gonzalez Anders, USAF veteran with Common Defense, Buzz Davis, U.S. Army veteran with Veterans for Peace,
1: Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to introduce Mayor Rahina Romero, the Mayor of Tucson, who has some words for us and will begin the program. Thank you.
2: Yay.
3: It is uh, with mixed feelings that I'm here because I'm seeing so many wonderful faces and so many people that have worked so much throughout the decades to make Tucson such a wonderful place to live. Uh, but yet, one year ago today, our nation's capital, uh, the very heart of our democracy was under attack. We will never forget the scenes of insurrectionists storming the steps of the Capitol and our elected congressional leaders literally running for their life. All of this chaos was inspired by Donald Trump, who was unwilling to accept the fact that he lost. A presidential election. An election that was fair and certified. We are grateful, grateful for the heroic actions of both Capitol Police and Hill staffers for defending our constitution and our democracy.
2: Yes! Yes!
3: We are also grateful for the safety of the members of Congress, especially Congressman Raul Grijalva, who was here with us today. Who was on the floor? On the floor, debating for the rights of the Arizonans' election and the rightful win of President Biden as our duly elected president. Yes, yes. And me, as one of Arizona's 11 electors, I was proud to certify the results of Arizona's free and fair elections. Little did we know that we when, when we were signing that certification, your votes were being placed in jeopardy by Donald Trump and his accomplices. Oh. The events of January 6th are a, a reminder of how fragile our democracy really is. One year later, the threat remains and grows. Arizona is on the front lines of the attacks on our democracy and the voters' right to free and fair elections. They are attacking the rights of people of color, those living in reservations and rural communities, seniors and people with disabilities. That is why I joined, this week alone, 150 of my fellow U.S. mayors by signing on to a letter urging the U.S. Senate to pass federal voting rights legislation. Our state legislature has passed laws that make it harder for Arizonans to vote and disenfranchise people of color, veterans, seniors, and indigenous communities in this state. The right to vote is a sacred pillar of our democracy. And guess what, folks? We have a potential solution right here in front of us. We have a potential solution. And that is why we need our senators to do something about it. Yes! They need to yes! vote for the voting rights bills that they have in front of us, that the House already passed. Yes! We know that Republicans are thinking of what they're going to do next. They're thinking of how to dismantle our democracy and they want to limit the ability of people that they feel will not vote for them out of the voting process. 63% of Republicans today believe the big lie. 63% of Republicans, our fellow Americans, believe the big lie. That is very scary. But that is why it is absolutely critical that we one pass federal voting rights legislation and remove and reform the filibuster if necessary. Yes! Yes! I want to personally thank Congressman Grijalva and the U.S. House of Representatives for already passing the For the People Act to protect our civil liberties and our voting rights. Now, it's the senator's turn. Yes! And we ask Senator Kelly and Senator Sinema to vote to pass this legislation, Not, not just support it, not just support it. Make sure that this legislation passes. Yes. Yes. And if they have to reform the filibuster, then be it. Yes. This is our democracy at stake. This is our democracy at stake. My mom had this saying, and I'll say it in Espanol and then try and translate it the saying that she t- still tells us today "This la tempestad y no te incas. And what that means is that you see the storm coming and you still don't kneel yourself and pray and do something about your situation. That is what we have in front of us today. We have a storm that will attack attack our democracy and our right to vote. And the Senate has to act now. It's not just the Senate's responsibility, everyone. Each and every one of us plays a role, a critical role, to save our democracy as well. We all have the responsibility, the duty to not just register and vote, but make sure that our families, that our neighbors, that our co-workers are also registered and vote. That is our responsibility yes. as Americans. And I believe that each and every one of us will play a critical role, especially this year and moving forward, in making sure that as many of us, as many of us as can come out and vote. Yes. Yes. Yes! So what I ask of you today in this somber and sad day that we recognize the atrocity of what happened one year ago, that we doubled down on our civic duty to defend our democracy, our constitution, and each other, from tyranny, from fascism, and from racism. Let's just yeah, say yeah. it. Let's yeah. just say it. Yes. I believe in all of us. I believe in the power that each and every one of us have to make this change and to make sure that we're doing everything imaginable to make sure that our democracy does not fail, not on our watch, not on our lifetime. Yes. So I want to thank you all so much for inviting me, for having me here, for being together as a community, even in difficult times. And uh, I have the distinct pleasure and privilege and honor of introducing a wonderful congressman, the chairman of the Natural Resources Committee, and my friend, Congressman Raul Grijalva.
2: Yeah! Thank you very much, and uh, I I remember meeting the mayor for the very, very first time. And uh, there she was at a early, child, uh, early Childhood Learning Center about, uh, and uh, in, with story time sitting around a teacher while they read to her. That's how long ago I remember <laughs> the mayor, which, uh, but anyway, um, let me, you know, coming over here and I was, Mona and I were talking that it's, you know, using the word commemorate for January 6th is, to me, using the word commemorate to me is wrong when we talk about this date commemorate for me connotes something honorable there was nothing honorable about what happened on january 6 and it's not an anniversary it is i we need to mark this day we need to mark this day the same way we have marked uh, dark periods in this country's history this is about tragedy it is not about uh, something aspiring or uplifting uh, that we celebrate, commemorate, and look at it forward to its anniversary. This is completely different. This is dishonorable. This is unpatriotic. And it was a fundamental step, not only to, rectif- to, to validating a big lie. No, no. It was about setting the stage for something I think, and I believe deeply much more insidious and much more dangerous to our democracy. January 6th is not going to happen again at the Capitol. I believe that. First. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the process that we are seeing speaks to that same direction. And what is that? What is that direction? Is The direction is this, that we can overturn a fair and just election because the loser isn't satisfied with that outcome that we can orchestrate and use the institutions to leverage and continue in power someone that's a loser, and deny the winner, Joe Biden, his office, the presidency of the United States of America. Fundamentally, that was at stake, but the corrosion of our democracy as a whole is something that today we need to recommit ourselves to as part of marking this day. Yes. And that recommitment talks about making sure that the integrity of our elections is protected. And more has to be done. We have to do stuff individually. We have to do stuff collectively at a community level because that's where it's won and lost. But the United States Senate bears a huge responsibility, and yes, my friends, accountability for what happens on the issue of protecting our democracy. They have two pieces of legislation to assure that the vote is protected and everyone eligible has a right to exercise that free will and choose the representatives of their choice. Period. That bill is before them. And not to deny, marginalize, suppress, and ignore a sector of this society because of the perception of where their politics are at or not. The issue is we get to differ in this country, ladies and gentlemen. We get to have different opinions. That's the whole point of a democracy. And now we have a small group in an organized way trying to take that away from us. And that is the fight ahead. The The voter suppression laws, running running (laughs) anti-democratic candidates for elections, Positions across this country, legislatures consolidating their power if they're in that majority, and not one Republican colleague in the Senate to stand up and say no. No Republican co- colleague in the House to vote to exercise and to continue to protect the right to vote in our democracy in this country. What does that tell you? Is that an co- issue of being partisan? No. It's an issue of the right side of history and the protection of our history. That's what's at stake here. And And a democracy to me is vital. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the right, the right that people have to vote. All people have to vote. And we wouldn't get to express and to push for the things that we think are important for this country if it wasn't for the right to vote. And I have been, as an elected official and a public official, on the losing side of that part of democracy more than I have been on the winning side. But that doesn't propel me to want to overthrow our government, create violence, and continue a big lie and a march toward fascism in this country that we must all resist with every ounce of intellect, Drive and spirit that we have—that's what's at stake. Right. Here, 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 here. I have an ask today. My ask is primarily to Senator Cinema, yes. and secondarily to Senator Kelly. Just say what—say that you support this, not in context of I support it. That you are willing to take a vote to get rid of an arcane rule in the Senate that doesn't even exist in the Constitution or anywhere else. Get rid of it, and if you don't vote for anything else, and I mean that, to break this filibuster, break it on this question. Yeah, right! Yeah, right! right. And, uh, because we all have legacies. It's like, I, I say to my friends, the senators, we all have legacies. And I would want their legacy to be that at this moment in history, they stood at the breach, that they defended democracy, the people's rights to vote, and the heritage of this country continues to develop to become a more perfect union. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. Oh. Woo!
1: Oh. Oh. Woo! Thank you, Congressman Gorhalva. And what a good lead in. The national organizers of the January 6th remembrances have set up a phone number. I'm going to give it to you now. You can put it into your phones. A little later, we'll all make a call at the same time. If that works for you, it will connect you with your senators, Kelly and Sinema. Tell them where you are, what you are doing, and what they need to do now. The phone number is 833 345 2551. Uh huh. Uh 833 345 2551.
2: Where is that going?
1: Washington, D.C. It's now my pleasure to introduce Billy Kovacs, who's here from um, Congresswoman Ann Kirkpatrick's office.
4: Good evening. Um, I know most of you, but I can't um, recognize everybody with the masks on. Um, But I'm here from uh, Representative Ann Kirkpatrick's office. I'm Ann's district director. Um, And I just wanted to start out thanking Representative Grijalva as well as Mayor Romero for their words and their remarks. Um, Anything that I say right now, um, you know, it should just be in addition to their not only their work and their wisdom and their words but their passion for this community and the rule of law Uh, we've seen the chairman's leadership over the last few years and his steadfast commitment to law and the truth um and the nor normalcy of how government is supposed to work and on january 6th that that was broken last year Uh, i had about a two-hour breakfast with the congresswoman this morning um, talking about that day and where she was in the Capitol, the path that she took, the time that she spent with her husband, the uncertainty of our staff, our legislative director, our chief of staff, her husband, and the safety of everybody that was in that building. And it was jarring that someone that I look up to, that I admire, that I revere, was so shaken on that day that it still those those memories reverberate to even now a year later just remember those things as we take these actions going forward calling your senators making sure that this never happens again like the chairman said that we do not normalize this behavior but we stand against it and we push against those things because at the end of the day We are Americans, not in a partisan way, but we have one voice and one name and one future together and without that we are nothing. So I want to read a prepared statement from the Congresswoman um, and she wishes that she could be here. Um, She's with family today, Um, but luckily I have a voice and a car and and legs so I'm here. (laughs) As we mark one year since a deadly assault waged on the U.S. Capitol, Congress, and the Constitution. We must not allow anyone to rewrite the history or to whitewash the gravity of what took place that day. The insurrection was incited by then President Trump and was an assault not only on our capital but on democracy itself. It is our duty to the Constitution and to this country to find the facts of January 6th and this insurrection to ensure that such an assault on our democracy cannot happen again. No one is above the rule of law, nor can one simply and overtly toss out a free and fair election simply because they lost. The January 6th insurrection was a failed coup. Not because those who forced their way into the Capitol failed to overthrow the election, but because many public servants had taken a solemn oath to defend this country, and they stood up that day and did just that. Yes! Yes! People like Capitol Police, who held the line as they were outmatched by the mob of rioters, and made sure to keep staff, members, and the community and our government safe and just an anecdote there was over 140 injured capitol police that day once succumbed come to injuries that day but many still have injuries and scars elections officials in swing states who rejected calls from the president to decertify the election are also heroes that day the vice president who defied his own administration's efforts and worked with members from both parties to finalize the results of the election with Congress as they returned to the Capitol and made sure to have a peaceful transition of power. Yes, yes. That is very important. Yes, yes. And members of Congress and the government who safely returned as well as men and women that were staff, that were first responders, that were support staff that came back and helped with that certification. But to those on the other side of history who choose to defy the core tenets of our democracy and engage in treasonous behavior, I say we will root you out.
5: Oh.
4: Oh. And we will make sure that history remembers your failed coup of this republic. Yes. Yes and your betrayal of our American values and ideals. Yes! Today, our nation is at a crossroads in history. Each day, there are attacks on our government, and we need leaders that will honor the truth, facts, the science, to lead us into a prosperous future. Leaders that will reject the spread of fake news, who will defy efforts to gerrymander our election maps and who will stand against efforts to suppress our vote. Our decisions in the next few years will define the rest of our country and it is our responsibility to heed and honor the words of the past. The words of President Lincoln who said, my fellow citizens, we cannot escape history. We." we will be remembered in spite of ourselves no personal significance or insignificance can spare one or another of us we hold the power and bear the responsibility let us remember these words and let us work to reconfirm our commitment to the truth to the rule of law and to the values of this great nation
6: All right, Billy! Woo!
1: Woo! In case we think that what happened on January 6th was in the Capitol and stayed in the Capitol, we know it's in Arizona. We know what the Republican legislature here has done. And this evening we have representatives Pamela Powers Hanley and Andres Cano, who will give us an idea of what we face and what we can do to push back. Pam?
0: Thank you very much for inviting me here and thank you all for showing your support for democracy in our country. (laughs) On, on January 6, 2021, I was getting ready for opening day at the Arizona legislature when I came across Samantha Guthrie a live streaming on YouTube that the U.S. Capitol was under attack by Stop the Steal's Trump supporters who disagreed with the 2020 elections. I couldn't believe my eyes as I watched insurrectionists scaling the walls of the Capitol and running down the hallway while droves of rioters still were arriving at the Capitol. Earlier in the day, I had seen photographs of Arizona State Representatives Mark Fincham and Anthony Kern at the Trump rally and in the Capitol area. The day began with a presidential rally and a big speech but I was terrified at how that day was going to end when I saw elected officials cower beneath their desks and then run to safety. I'm glad you're still here, Representative (laughs) Grijalva. It was just terrifying for us to watch. When they made the decision to come back and certify the election, even though it might not have been totally safe, I admired their bravery, but I had scenes of designated survivor when the Capitol blew up on TV in my head saying, please save our country. January 6th was horrifying but as an Arizona legislature it is obvious to me how we got here as a country. The Arizona legislature has been ground zero for Stop the Steal and several uh, representatives and senators have been fanning the flames of misinformation in hopes of derailing a free and fair election. In November 2020, Republican lawmakers Mark Fincham Brett Roberts, Nancy Bartow, Leo Biasucci, David Cook, Kelly Townsend, David Gowan, Sonny Borelli and Sylvia Allen all met in an unauthorized meeting to hear witnesses who claimed that they knew that our elections were fraudulent. Who was there in the background? Congressman Paul Gosser and Andy Biggs sitting there with Rudy Giuliani. It was an infamous event that made national headlines and we watched as this happened. On the same day, just blocks away, Governor Doug Ducey and Secretary of State Katie Hobbs certified the election, as Rahina Romero had mentioned. Early in December, just a few days later, the Q Shaman and Trump supporters draped in flags, rushed into the Arizona House lobby and occupied it until the eight or nine o'clock at night. Luckily, DPS and the security guards were able to secure the building so those rioters who showed up in D.C. later didn't ransack the halls of the Arizona House that day. December 3rd was an obvious dry run for January 6th. We must stay vigilant in the state of Arizona as the legislature goes back into session on Monday, just a few days from now. Of all those people that I listed, seven of the 10 are in office and they will be at the legislature on Monday. They are at the forefront of voter suppression. They led the rally in 2021. We expect more of it in 2022. The Independent Redistricting Commission just handed us maps that are so gerrymandered that this midtown neighborhood, instead of being in a compact and contiguous neighborhood with other Tucson neighborhood is connected to the border now. The congressional maps are so gerrymandered that Kelly Townsend, yes, voter suppression queen of the legislature, Kelly Townsend from Apache Junction is running for CD6 which is what's left of Congressional Congre- Congresswoman Ann Kirkpatrick's district. Do you want Kelly Townsend as your congressperson? No! Uh, that's what I say. I don't want her as my congressperson either. And and also, other stars of voter suppression, Mark Fincham and Shauna Bollock, they're running for Secretary of State. So we are still at ground zero, and we have to watch what these people are doing. As President Biden warned earlier today, our democracy is still in peril. To protect our elections and our rights, Arizona desperately needs the Congress to pass the voting rights legislation in front of them, which has already been mentioned, the Freedom to Vote Act, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, and the Protect Our Democracy Act. As our country and our state, our democracy depends on action and reform. Voters must control the elections and not money and special interest groups. Thank you.
1: representative Andres Cano
5: good evening everyone you know before I go on I want to thank representative Pam Powers Hanley for her years of service in the Arizona legislature this is representative Powers Hanley's last term and it has been an honor to be able to fight for progressive values at your state capital thank you representative we all remember where we were and The horrible images that we saw in DC were just as horrible at our state capitol in Phoenix. A guillotine, folks, was on the steps of the capitol, a message of fear, of obstruction, of terrorism, and we've got to be here to say that enough is enough in the state of Arizona and in this great country of ours. The last legislative session was spent debating a sham review of the 2020 election, even though we know the real results. It's why the radical right led by Doug Ducey has attacked our freedom to vote, making mail voting and early voting more difficult and purging hundreds of thousands of voters, most of these people of color, from the ability to elect their leaders. My fellow Tucsonans, we've got to call it for what it is. It's not just partisan gridlock or a simple disagreement about values. It's a blatant attack on everything that we've built. It's white supremacy. And it's the most dangerous form of domestic terrorism that we've ever seen. And if you doubt that, just ask the FBI. We cannot let rage, hatred, and fascism govern our city, our state, or our nation, not now and not ever. Yeah! And if you're fired up and ready to go in 2022, we've got a Congress to protect, an Arizona governor, secretary of state and attorney general to elect, and a legislature to flip. Yeah! And as we mourn and heal, we need you all in to preserve the soul of our nation. Thank you so much yeah. for being here. Yeah!
1: That was a call to action. I'm assuming that everyone who's here tonight is registered to vote, has knocked on doors, has made phone calls. The Democratic Party in Pima County is going forward. Bonnie Heidler, would you raise your hand? Bonnie Heidler is the chair of the Pima County Democrats. If If you need to find a place to put your energy call that office, call the Pima County Democratic Party office, and they'll give you something to do. They'll find something that fits with what you like and know how to do. Thanks for that. Um, Our next speaker is um, Steve Valencia. Steve, are you here? Steve is also my my partner in getting all this put together. He's one of those people that when you call him, he's there, he knows how to do it all, he shows up and he acts like he didn't do anything at all. I love him. Woo!
6: Woo! The job of justice is in the house. I'm gonna be really brief. You know, uh, over 20 years ago, the vote is so important that we were able to bring Raul Grijalva into public office. And he's been a champion of workers' rights, a champion of the environment ever since he's been in there. And how else can we have the first Latina to be the the city council member, and eventually the mayor of this city if it wasn't for the power of the vote? And where would we be? Where would we be in the workplace where the bosses won't respect the vote of the workers to join a union? we want to be able to go eyeball to eyeball with the employers and say that we demand a decent wage, health care, pensions, and all of the, the grievance procedures that we need. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing, you know, the thing that really comes into my mind about the big lie is that there was, in our history, during the 50s, the big lie and they were coming on to socialists and communists and people on the left and what they were trying to do was to destroy the trade union movement in this country now here we are in 21, 22 and the attack has expanded over the entire working class to put down the right to organize to put down the movement for climate change, to put down the Equality Act, to put down every immigrant rights and voting rights legislation that there is, and now it's gone broader. And so now as a class, black, white, and brown, indigenous, people of color, have to come together and stay doing what they're doing right now. Everybody in here is doing work in climate. They're doing work in immigration and voting rights. We need to keep on doing that, and we need to organize like we never have before. But mainly, we've got to stick together, be united, and we will go forward. Thank you.
7: Thank
1: you, Steve. Our next speaker is uh, Sylvia Anders, who's representing uh, uh, veterans. She is a veteran, but she's many other things besides that. I'll let her tell you what her story is.
7: Thank you very much for having me here today. I'm a little bit nervous. This is kind of new for me, but I, I figure you just got to you gotta show up. You, <laughs> you, I, I came here today with a very, it was a dip, difficult day for me. It was a, a very traumatic day to look at the scenes again. And, and as a veteran, it was extremely painful, um, especially since I know that there were veterans there, and, and I, it's heartbreaking to see treason being committed in real life, in, in real time. But if I want to go back to something that made it even more painful, um, I was there in DC on December, oh not December, on the Saturday after the election when they called Biden as the winner. And let me tell you, we were there for a count every vote campaign. Common defense is very active in doing that. I had never seen so much joy and so many people in, in my life. Wow! People were dancing in the streets. People were sobbing. People were bringing their children out on their shoulders so that they could see this. We, we all went up to the, the, in the fence where the, 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 the White House was and people were texting me from here saying, you got to sing that na 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 song, you got to sing that. And I said, we already did that. <laughs> And so, so so, to go from that unbelievable high of, of thinking that after all four years of really hard work, we had succeeded. And then to see January 6th was like a stab in the heart, and especially to see that it was veterans that were involved. And, and it reminded me of the fact that when I was 18 years old, I went and I took an oath. I swore on the Constitution to defend against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And when you're 18 years old and you have to put your hand up and they're telling you you're going to put your life on the line, it's a very sobering, seminal moment. And you realize you got to be a grown-up. you gotta you got to do your duty. You've got to put your childhood behind you, and you have to go forward. So to go from from knowing that oath that I swore at 18 to seeing these people that are breaking that oath it was, it was devastating. And I, I work in Common Defense, which is the largest veterans, uh, democratic, progressive veterans organization. And and most of the people in there are combat veterans from, from Vietnam, not from, from Vietnam, from uh, Afghanistan, from Iraq. And they are so triggered by seeing these mm. kinds of things because mm. they fought overseas and some of them died for voting rights, for, for freedom. And now they have to see it from their own citizens, of their own fellow ma- Americans, and it's just brutal. So it was. It's been a hard time. It's been a hard time today, and I just gotta think these these sit veterans and citizens calling themselves veterans. I mean, patriots are treasonous. Yes. 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 I've always had a hard time owning my agency as a veteran because, I, you know, it was a long time ago, I was a Cold War veteran, and it was a different kind of a situation, so I didn't actually see combat, but, but I, you know, I work with a lot of these people now, and, and, and I have a great respect for them, and so when I try to relate to them, I'm thinking I, I can't relate. But I can go back and I can remember. This was after Vietnam and we were seeing the after effects, the wreckage left over from people coming back from Vietnam. I worked in a mental health center in in the military and in VA hospitals. But when I was there and I was 18 years old and you're having to be in a a situation where you're in a dangerous situation, there's a patient that's in, in crisis and is very dangerous, but I, I, and I knew it was scary, but I knew I had to do it anyway, but I also knew that my brothers and sisters, veterans, were not going to get let me get hurt. They were going to help me and they were going to protect me because we were all in this together. But now that I see these veterans that have broken this oath, I'm, I'm just devastated to think that that, that that trust is broken. And I mean, now it, it's win at any cost and do anything you can to win. and all the, the promises that were made to all of the people in this country about liberty and justice for all is in danger. But I, I, at the end, I try to remember this old Spanish pro- proverb that I heard, which I think is, is prescient. It says, vivir con miedo es vivir a medio, which means a life lived in fear is a life half-lived. And, and, and for me, there's so many times that I'm really scared but I have to let go of that fear, and we have to keep fighting because there's no other way forward that we can, we can win unless we all stay together and fight this fight. Because, because we have to do this for democracy. We have to do this for, for our friends and family, and we have to do it for everyone. I mean, anyway... I, I really appreciate you listening to my, my, my rambles and, and my, my difficult stories and, and um, we, we just ha- can't let epith- apathy win we have to keep fighting and, and, it, and fear fear is what, what keeps people from working and doing things that they are afraid of doing so right now for us it's the fear of being bullied, the fear of being intimidated the fear of being hurt uh, of the gun violence and everything for them Fear. they're they're scared too. They're very scared. But for them that justifies violence. And and that is the difference between us and them. And I want to say that's not true, but they are misguided and they're they're broken and we just have to out outwin them. We just have to work harder.
2: them. Yeah.
7: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'd like to thank the veterans for peace in the yellow vests who are providing security. Yeah. And our, our next speaker tonight is uh, Buzz Davis from Veterans for Peace. Buzz, are you here? I am here. Ah,
8: good. Thank you very much, Janice. I'm going to speak a little loud for all of you who are deaf. I'm a little deaf. I'm a lot deaf. I'm Buzz Davis, Veterans for Peace. I used to be an army officer during the 60s and then an elected official and a retired government planner. I'd like to talk about four things as the last person to talk. Four things we must do in America. Number one, we need to get rid of the myth that it is veterans and dead veterans who are the people who protect and make America great. That's false. The people that make America great are the citizens who participate in democracy and the elected officials who make a democracy work. Yeah. Yeah. So that citizens must study the issues, study the candidates, and then they must vote. If they don't vote, they have lost their most powerful means of citizenship. Elected officials must do the same thing, study the issues, decide the alternative that is the best one, get it enacted into law, and then it must be implemented by the executive branch, whatever, in all of our states and the federal government. Secondly, we must impeach Mr. Trump for trying to overthrow the government. In addition to that, Mr. Biden has to make a big decision and work with his attorney general and prosecute Trump for criminal breaking of laws and trying to overthrow our government. I'm right. The third thing is we need to expel about 147 House and Senate members. Seven Senate members should be expelled for voting against the process of the Electoral College, and 139 House members should be expelled, and fortunately they're all Republicans. And if you expel them, and each House must do its own job of cleaning up its house, they must vote the people out with a two-thirds majority in the House and a two-thirds majority in the Senate, and that's under the 14th Amendment. And so that needs to be done. And the people who are up for being expelled sure as hell shouldn't be able to vote. All right, all right. My last point is the abolishment of the filibuster. Thank you. Okay. America has one federal congress and 50 state legislatures, and then we have thousands of elected government bodies that decide the vote on an issue 50% plus one voter. It's not 50% or 60% that want to talk about an issue. A decision is made by 50% plus one voter. That determines the issue. So in the Senate, which has been failing for the last 30 years because of the delicious thing they call the filibuster, which Democrats and Republicans both use and abuse, that has to go it's the only way that you can have government and a democracy that works is by deciding what to do on the major issues that face a nation a state or a city or a school board and so that must be decided by 50 percent plus one so biden has to get his courage together along with Schumer and the rest of the senators and do what they call the nuclear option on the filibuster and hear, blast hear. it away. Hear, hear. Then we will have the things that we need. If we don't get these things done, you can draw the curtains November 22 and November 24. Thank you very much. All right, bye.
1: I don't think we've mentioned tonight D.C. statehood, too, which is one of the, yeah. one of the yeah. issues that the national organizers have put out there. 700,000 people who live in Washington, D.C. have no federal representation. That, that's a crime. So yeah. add that to the things you're going to ask Senators Kelly and Sinema to do. I'm going to read this phone number once more. It may be more comfortable for you to do this after you get in your car or when you get home. Is that easier than all of us doing it now? Email. No. Okay. Email it too. What? Email it to. I will. The number once again is 833 345 2551. And we're at the end of our program. I would ask if you have a, if you're warm enough and you have enough energy still, could I ask that you take your candles, walk to the 22nd street entrance here down to the other end of the parking lot holding your candles and back around to your cars. Is everybody okay with that? Let's let's let the people driving by know what we're doing. The media in Tucson was all um, alerted to this event. I haven't seen any media here. You might want to let the local news stations or the newspaper that you read know that you were here and it would have been nice to have some coverage. Thank you everybody for coming.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to A View from the Left Side today. If you enjoyed the show, please consider liking this podcast on social media and becoming a subscriber. This is Representative Pam Powers Hanley signing off. Until next time, please take care of yourself, stay healthy, and stay vigilant.